Hi, this is Jay as Moses Black, and you are listening to TV Confidential. We're one of my best friends. Ed Robertson a reminder that we will replay our conversations with TV moms June Lockhart and Marion Ross beginning in our second hour. We'll be able to stay tuned for that. In the meantime, we'll close out our first hour with remembrance of Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte, the Grammy Award-winning singer-actor who used his stardom to advance the cause of civil rights throughout his long and distinguished career. Harry Belafonte passed away last Tuesday, April 25th at the age of 96. Our friend Steve Bender directed Harry Belafonte in 1968 in a highly acclaimed television special starring Petula Clark that is also known for an unscripted, spontaneous moment in which Clark reached out and gently touched Belafonte on the arm while they performed the song On the Path of Glory. Times being what they were in 1968, that innocent touch caused an uproar behind the scenes over whether it should be taken out of the special before it aired on NBC. Steve Bender told us the backstory of The Touch when he appeared on TV Confidential in 2016. Another show that you're very proud of, we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times in passing, is the special with Petula Clark you produced that uh, featured uh, Harry Belafonte as the guest star. I understand, I understand, Steve, that almost never happened. It almost never did. I had decided previous to doing that special uh, and I started with Leslie Uggams, who was a big star on television in the Mitch Miller early series where they had a bouncing ball and you could sing along at home. Mm-hmm. It was probably the first interactive show where you could sing along with the singers that were on uh, the show. I remember that. And Leslie Uggams was one of the stars of that. And when I met Leslie, uh, I was directing Hullabaloo, and she was starring on Broadway in a show called Hallelujah Baby. So I did manage to sell a special with her to NBC, and I changed the title to Hallelujah Leslie. And I wanted to do a special that if if Leslie got sick or she dropped out after we created the show, nobody else could do it. It would be a total disaster and never air. Uh, I didn't want to do a show for an artist that if they dropped out, somebody else could replace them or come in and take their place, etc. I wanted to make a custom suit for or or dress for the star that nobody else could wear and uh, i started out with leslie i i used my team that uh, some of the people i had met on hullabaloo some of the crew that i had used when i worked with steve and so forth and it turned out to be relatively successful everybody was very happy with it i think in those days bones at the same time was producing leslie for ahmed erdogan and atlantic records and then when we finished that, uh, I got a call from my agent saying that uh, they had a crisis on their hand, that Plymouth Cars was doing a special with Nancy Sinatra, and they had sold it to the network. But the problem is that Nancy decided to go with a sponsor who paid more money for her special. <laughs> I think it was Royal Crown Cola or somebody. Mm-hmm. And therefore, they wanted to replace her with Petula Clark, but they weren't sure the sponsor uh, would buy in. But they brought Petula to America. She lived in, in uh, Mejiv, Switzerland, and, uh, and France. So she came to the United States to take meetings to see if she could do the special. They assigned a producer-director uh, to the show, 
and evidently they hit it off like oil and water. They just didn't make it, and she fled back to her home in Europe. And now they had a dilemma with no show and no star. And I got the call saying, could you go over to uh, France and meet with her for lunch <laughs> and talk her into coming back? So uh, I had done the actual first recording of Petula in the United States when I was doing Hullabaloo. Uh, she was rushed over to the studio at NBC uh, in New York to sing her hit record, Downtown. Mm -hmm. Even though there was no room in the show we were doing at the time, but they would basically bank her singing the song and put it into another Hullabaloo show, which they did. So when I went to Switzerland, <laughs> I'll never forget that, because literally in 72 hours, I flew from Los Angeles to uh, Paris, was driven to uh, Switzerland, driven back to Paris, got on an airplane and came back to uh, L.A., I think all in about 72 <laughs> hours. So uh, it, it was an amazing experience, but evidently it worked, and Petula decided to come back and work with me. And I, I had explained the kind of a special I wanted to do with her, though I wasn't sure exactly what it was. The special they had originally pitched her were a bunch of agents getting together and picking this worked on this person's special, this worked on that person's special, so we'll put them all together and have Petula do it. So she was never happy with that idea anyway, or that format. So she liked the idea of creating an original show for herself. When I came back to America and met with my team, we kicked around who we going to get the guest star, and I had unfortunately directed the Danny Kaye series in Hollywood previous to that when I left Hullabaloo. Mm -hmm. And the ninth show was supposed to be Danny and Harry Belafonte. And I finished the eighth show, and Danny and I were not getting along. And as a result, uh, I've heard that Danny about decided not to pick up my, <laughs> my option, yeah. and I did not get to work with Belafonte. So I said, perfect opportunity, Petula Clark, Harry Belafonte. But I didn't realize, I didn't know Harry Belafonte. I called New York to talk to his secretary to see if I could get to his representative. Uh, I called around 7 o'clock at night, New York time, and lo and behold, who answers the telephone? Harry Belafonte. <laughs> had this much distinctive voice yes. where you couldn't miss it. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm stumbling and saying, uh, uh, Mr. Belafonte, my name is Steve Pitter, and uh, I'd like you to guest star on the Petula Clark special. And he told me it was impossible. He was making another movie or something, and thanks for the offer, but no thanks, and hung up the phone. About 20 minutes later, uh, I get a uh, message that Harry Belafonte's on the telephone, and I got on the phone, and he said, is Petula that blonde, blue-eyed lady from, from England who sings downtown? And I said, exactly. And he said, well, I've been thinking about it, and I think we might make a good combination but I would like to say something important on the show. And as a result, what happened was, and I won't bore you, it's in the book and you can read the story, but in reality what really happened is it paved the way to breaking the color line where for the first time in network, primetime television, variety television, a black person and a white person physically actually touched each other. Though you would think, as I did, that this is nothing and totally innocent, in 1968, before I did the Elvis special, it was a shot heard around the world. Yeah. Newsweek, Time Magazine, everybody publicized the touch. And it was so simple because during an emotional singing of a 
anti-war song, and you have to realize in 68 the Vietnam War was mm -hmm. raging. Mm -hmm. Petula wrote this song called On the Paths of Glory, uh, based on mothers uh, and fathers sending their sons and daughters off to war where they get maimed or they get killed, and then uh, a few years later, uh, most people forget, and it's all covered up with flowers and, and uh, or, or new buildings built over the spots and so forth, and it, it's... Uh, it really had a major, major emotional impact, uh, although it was not specifically referring to the Vietnam War. And as a result, we ended up, as we unfortunately do in uh, real life, I ended up with a racist representative representing the sponsor mm -hmm. in Detroit mm -hmm. who insisted it be taken out of the show and not aired. He wanted to see them singing but not touching. And so I had shot it like film. I had shot about five or six takes without an audience. Uh, I had staged it where Petula was behind Belafonte over his shoulder. I love the photography. And I decided the chemistry wasn't happening. So I chose on about the sixth or seventh take to say, Petula, forget my staging, forget my camera work, just next time come out on stage after Belafonte does his previous song walk up alongside of him shoulder to shoulder and sing the song. And magically, which often does, something triggered the chemistry. Something triggered the emotion. And I, I looked at Petula on the camera, and I could see tears coming out of her eyes. Belafonte looked at her, and there was an emotional response on his face. And the next thing you know, Petula reaches over and touches Harry on the forearm, and that's when all hell broke loose. And so immediately when I heard the sponsor said, it's never going to air because, you know, we've got other takes where they're not touching, I ran down to the editing room at NBC and insisted the editor erase the other master tapes. So the only one left mm -hmm. to use was the touch. And it turned out to be one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. And that the ne next thing that happened is I did Elvis Presley, had a black choreographer, a Puerto Rican choreographer, a United Nations cast of characters from all different races and religions and what have you, and nobody said a word, and, and not one negative fan mail saying, why did you do that, and so forth. So uh, I was very proud of, of especially 1968 for, yeah, as, for my as, personal career. As, as you should be, I mean, and, it, and it goes back to something you know we talked about a little bit earlier. In that moment, you made the decision that you felt would be the best possible moment for that show and you chose excellence versus will the network like it will the sponsor like it which is one of the many discussions that uh, you and your colleagues talk about in fate of 26 the difference between excellence and success i mean sometimes an excellent show is not always a commercially successful show but because of the choices you made you made you made what turned out to be the right choice and that's why we have this iconic moment the other thing is I think within a year, uh, when you when you did the show with Harry Belafonte and Petula Clark, I think it was within a year of that that uh, Harry also did his what turned out to be his iconic appearance on the Smothers Brothers show, in which he performed the song "Stop the Carnival," while footage of the violence from the 1968 Democratic Convention played behind him. Picket sign and the people start to sing. Lord, don't stop the carnival. Lord, don't stop the carnival. 
Emmy Award-winning director Steve Binder with the backstory of The Touch, the seminal moment from the April 1968 television special starring Petula Clark and Harry Belafonte that nearly never made it on the air. Harry Belafonte passed away Tuesday, April 25th at the age of 96. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. The Petula Clark special also aired a few weeks after the historic week in February 1968 in which Harry Belafonte sat in for Johnny Carson as host of The Tonight Show. Our friend Phil Grace contributed vital archival audio of Belafonte's stint on The Tonight Show. You can hear that as part of the sit-in. Harry Belafonte hosts The Tonight Show, the excellent documentary produced by Joy Reid that is now available on Peacock. TV. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.